So we're going to learn Mimer, uh, when you go out to war against your enemies from 1965. And this Mimer discusses how the meaning of a war in ourselves refers to the time of Davening. Let's go right to it. Um, when you go out to war against your enemies, says the Alter Rebbe and that this is also explained by the Mitla Rebbe. And the memorim of the Tzemach Tzedek, and the memorim of the Rabbeim. After the Tzemach Tzedek, it says in the Zohar, the time of prayer is a time of war. And the Alter mentions, where do we find that prayer is called a time of war? So it says about Yaakov Avinu, that Yaakov conquered Shechem. Yaakov said, how did I conquer Shechem with my bow or with my sword? And Unkelis translates what's the meaning of his bow and sword. The meaning of his bow and sword is my prayers and my requests. That's how Yaakov conquered Shechem. He conquered it, although the Torah uses the words bow and, and sword. Unkelis translates this as his prayers. He conquered Shechem with prayer. So too, when it says in the Torah, you go out to war against your enemies, what's the meaning of war? War means the time of davening. And Al-Treb explains that that's also the meaning of the words Alivecha, go out to war on your enemies. The literal translation of Alivecha is not against your enemies, rather it's above your enemies. So what is the, what's a full phrase? You're going out to war. You have an animal soul. Your animal soul is into all the wrong things. What your objective is, is to cool off the animal soul. So the animal soul shouldn't be into all the it shouldn't be into all the uh, vain things of this world, and you want to transform your animal soul instead to love Hashem. You want to change your animal soul. How do you do that? So go above your enemy. In other words, go to the source of your enemy. What's the source of the animal soul? Where do the animal souls come from? The animal soul comes from God's chariot. So as long as the animal soul is here in this physical world, the animal soul is animalistic. But if we were to go to the divine source of the animal soul, then we would discover the animal soul is an angel. It comes from angels. There is nothing bad that descends from heaven. And the source of the animal soul is good. So the way to refine the animal soul is by connecting it to its divine source. How is it connected to the divine source? So we went a few times the... Um, how uh, Chassis explains how the by the reason we say the blessings before Shema, in which we describe the songs of the angels, is in order to affect our animal soul. The animal soul is is meant to uh, uh, deeply think about the w- the song of the angels, and that resonates the animal soul because that's where the animal soul comes from. That's one of the ways. Another thing that we do is. Um, it sounds a little bit different to this idea, and that is to think about those concepts that are relevant to the animal soul. Advertise Judaism and turn mitzvahs to yourself in a way that appeals to you. Why is Hashem good? Hashem is good because Hashem is life. Hashem is good. Hashem is kind. So by thinking about how Hashem is good and kind to you, and Hashem is the, the, the real source of life, that makes an effect 
on the animal soul that the animal soul also understands the the value of the connection to Hashem. So that's the goal. The animal soul should be transformed. The animal soul isn't bad. The animal soul is just selfish. It wants things which is which, which are good for it. So our objective in, in our conversation with our animal soul in our, in our prayers is to convey to the animal soul, to convey to our most natural and lowest part of ourselves that Hashem is good. And that's and this is possible because Ali Vecha, because the divine source of the animal soul is good. And then the Alter adds another meaning to the words on top of your enemies, and that is that when you go out to war, you have to realize that you are above your enemy. That means that there is no chance that your enemy could possibly win you because you are completely above and beyond whatever your enemy can do. The, an- the enemy can't control you. Rather, you can control your enemy because you are more powerful than your enemy. So it's as if the verse said, when you go out to war, you should know that you are above the enemy, that you're going to win. That's what I've explained in the first section of the Mimer. So again, the time of war refers to the time of davening. The war is between the godly soul and the animal soul. The goal of the war is not to hurt the animal soul, God forbid, not to fast, not to pain the animal soul. Rather, the goal is to transform it so that the animal soul also comes to love Hashem. And the way to do this is by Ali Vecha, which means two things, to go above your enemy. Number one, to realize the divine source of your animal soul is good and connect your animal soul with that divine source. Never does mention this discourse how, but in other discourses it says by saying the blessings before Shema and it, by meditating about those concepts in the Kedusha, those concepts in godliness, which make sense to you and inspire you personally. And the second meaning of above your enemies is you have to realize that you are going to win this war, that there's no way you're going to lose. You're completely above the enemy. That you, you, You've got this. Now it's going to section 2 of the Mayim. We need to understand how does the Alter Rebbe's explanation that the war is referring to, the war with the, the animal soul in the time of prayer, how does this fit with Rashi's explanation? Rashi says that the war is referring to a voluntary war. That means there are some wars that the Torah says that we must do, we have to. It's called a war of a mitzvah. And this Torah portion is not talking about a war of a mitzvah, a war that you have to fight. Rather, it's a war that you've decided, the Jewish court and the king have decided they want to go out to war, not because of, a, it says so explicitly in the Torah, but because of other reasons. So, what's Rashi's proof that the Torah is referring to a voluntary war? Because it says, in the end of the verse, you will take a captive. Since the Torah says you'll take a captive, so in the war that we will fight after leaving the desert and arriving in Israel, the war that we would fight to conquer Israel has rules. One of the rules are, take no prisoners. So if the Torah is commanding us that no one is allowed to live, we have to completely annihilate all of the seven nations that were then living in the land of Israel. So... Um, when the Torah says here, take a prisoner, it can't be referring to the war to conquer Israel. So that's how Rashi knows that this verse is not referring to a voluntary war, but rather what's called a war of a mitzvah. I'm sorry, not referring to a war of a mitzvah, which you have to fight the war to conquer Israel. Rather, it's referring to some other war. But, so, 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 so we need to understand how does the Altarev's explanation fit with Rashi. The Altarev is talking about 
it clearly is something that we must do. We have to conquer animal soul. How does that fit with Rashi's explanation, who says this is a voluntary war? <clears throat> the Torah says, when you go out to war, above your enemy. Those are the words of the Torah. The Alter Rebbe explains again, that means you, that you, know, you have to know that you're going to win this war. The Alter Rebbe's explanation could fit with the simple meaning of war as well. While Rashi's explanation that the kind of war we're fighting over here is a war which is voluntary, doesn't seem to fit with the Alter Rebbe's explanation, but the Alter Rebbe's other translation of above your enemy, that that could fit with Rashi's explanation because when you go out to war, even if it's a voluntary war, not a war that you have to fight, still a war that you're taking prisoners, a war that, that, that's voluntary, not a war that the, the Torah explicitly commands, you have to realize as well that you're above your enemies. And specifically by feeling that you're going to win this war, that's how you have the victory. Just a letter to the Rebbe last week, um, I was writing to a couple that was having uh, financial difficulties, other difficulties, and I said to them, we're now in a period where we recite twice a day uh, chapter 27 in Psalms, God is my light and my salvation, who will I fear? In other words, this is a time where Hashem tells us to heighten our trust in Him and to, I can't convey the exact words, but the, the theme of the Rebbe's letter is, and no matter what the reason may be, no matter what the consideration may be, no, it doesn't matter what it is, the answer is always the same. I trust in Hashem, I don't fear, I don't fear anything, and this absolute trust is go- that's going to work. That's the way a soldier has to go out to war. It doesn't matter what, what's going on on the other side, the side of the enemy. A soldier goes out to war with absolute trust in Hashem. So that's not only true for the spiritual war that the Alter Rebbe translates this verse as meaning, this also refers to the physical war that the soldiers have to fight against their enemies that Rashi translates this verse to me. That means, as the Torah says, when you'll see so- horses and chariots, and they're a lot more than you, um, the Torah tells us don't be afraid of them, because in the eyes of God, they are they're nothing. They're considered, in the language of the Torah, like one horse. That's the Torah uses the words sus, a horse, talking about thousands of horses and chariots and soldiers. So the Torah classifies the thousands of horses as one horse. As Rashi says, the Torah is specific and deliberately translates a horse and a chariot when referring to thousands of horses and chariots because the Torah wants to underscore that for Hashem they're like nothing. And so too, when the Torah commands, when you go out to war above your enemies, what that means is, that, you're, that you have to go out to war in a way that you think about how the, the divine source of your enemy. In other words, just like we explained that the words above your enemies means that you, you feel that you're completely above your enemy, the enemy can't do anything to you because you're, 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 beyond, you're stronger than the enemy. So that's how the author explains this in spiritual terms. That also applies to the physical battle as well. So to the other translation we gave for above your enemy, which is, Go to the divine source of your enemy that also applies to the war with the physical enemy as well. Why? Like Rashi says, you have to go to the enemy and think about how the enemy is in the eyes of God. The enemy is thousands of horses. What, are, what is that in the divine source? What is that, if I take this back to its source, which is God, how important is that? Insignificant. So go out to victory, go out to war, 
as the previous Shabbat says elsewhere, a soldier goes out to, vic- out to war with a song of victory. Why, you, why are you singing? Because you realize, number one, that you're above your enemy. And why are you above your enemy? Because you think about where the enemy comes from. The enemy comes from God. And in the eyes of God, this whole enemy, this whole big thing is like nothing. And through this, you will lose your fear and it will be easier to be victorious. It's understood that, this, that these two ideas about your approach of absolute victory also apply when you're fighting a war that's obligatory. So automatically also, in the war, uh, in davening, which is a war that we're obligated to, to fight, we have to do this war, so clearly these two concepts would apply as well because just like a very physical war, it doesn't make a difference what kind of war you're fighting, you have to have this sentiment, this paradigm in your mind that you're going to win, and you know where this enemy comes from, and you know how insignificant this enemy is in the eyes of God. That's a, that applies across the board to any kind of war you're fighting. However, from the fact that the Torah concludes with the words, when you will take captives, and that means the Torah is not referring to the war to conquer Israel, so that's why Rashi says that this verse is not referring to a war that you have to fight, rather a voluntary war. And of course, this we need to understand, how does this explanation that we're talking about a voluntary war fit with the Alter Rebbe's explanation that this verse is referring to the war of davening? Because this war, the war of davening, is not something that we have the choice, whether we're going to fight or not. Rather, the war of davening is an obligation. And not only is it an obligation, like all other things the Torah commands us in the Torah, rather, this obligation to pray is an even greater ex- obligation that, than, than all other mitzvahs. Each mitzvah is, is about using something that Hashem has given us for holiness. Each mitzvah is about using something. However, the mitzvah of davening, again, is about overcoming the entire animal soul. The power of desire, the drive of the animal soul should be transformed to serve Hashem. It's, it, you're not going to, in other words, for uh, just, just uh, giving money to tzedakah or, or, or using your time to study Torah. Here we're talking about going for, if you will, the jugular. You want to transform the animal soul completely to holiness. A proof that this war is really important is from the fact that Altarev explains that this idea, the idea of davening, is similar to the commandment to offer a sacrifice to Hashem. So just like there's an obligation to bring sacrifices to Hashem when the temple was standing, so too there's an obligation upon each of us to bring our own animal soul to its divine source and root, and to connect the, the, the animal soul with its divine source. The, um, as we said before, that the animal soul's divine source is it's what's called holy mountains in the God's throne, in the angels that carry God's throne that's described in, the, um, in Ezekiel's prophecy, how Ezekiel saw that there were angels that had the face of lions and angels that had the face of oxen. So these are, this is referring to the divine source of the animal soul. And the divine source of the animal soul, then from that divine source, there was a process of the divine energy there descending until from that divine source emerges the 
70 um, leaders, the 70 ministering angels of all the 70 nations, which are um, we'll called the Shomrei Yifanim. They find him at the name of one of the angels of Hashem, lowest angels, and they have from them what's called Shmarim. Shmarim means the, um, the dregs, things which are not important. In other words, are things that angels absorb internally and, and are inspired and they are nourished by. Then there are things which are unimportant to the angels and they send it to the world beneath them. Shamre Yefanim. So the Shamre Yefanim means that the, the lowest angel sends down to the world beneath it that which is not um, appropriate to be in its world. In the divine flow from world to world, there is a separation, a continuous separation of good and evil. And the higher light is kept in the higher world. And the nethermost part of that light is sent to the world beneath it, and that becomes the highest part of the world beneath it. And then that world absorbs internally whatever is able to, whatever it can from that light. And then it sends the world beneath it, the nethermost part of that light. So the ministering angels of the nations, they get their energy from the Shamre uh, from the Psoilus, from the sediment, from the excrement, if you will, of the lowest level of angels. So from there comes the pleasures of this world and the power of desire of the animal soul. The animal soul and its desires are, they, has a divine source in the lowest part of the worlds above it. It's What we look at as the greatest pleasures are really the lowest kinds of pleasures. These are pleasures that come from what the angels have dispelled and sent away as, as being insignificant and nothing. So... This is just like in the divine source of the angel. There is the chariots of, of Hashem and the angels supporting the chariot and carrying the chariot. And it talks about um, this flaming fire of love that these angels experience. So too there is in the animal soul in this world, there is fire, there's warmth, there's a yitzhahara, there's attraction, a strange fire that is lit, that wants to go after the wrong things. So we, we, we are meant to elevate this, the animal soul back to its source and to bring it back to that divine fire. It should leave the, the fires of this world, the attraction, like fire to, to things that it shouldn't be attracted to and go instead to go come back home to its origins to have a fire for holiness. So the Alt-Rabbi continues and says that every single day the Yetzir Hara, the evil inclination, tries to overwhelm us. And every single day, we need to draw down from the fire of heaven. In order to subjugate the desires of the Yetzir Hara, we need to bring down from the fires of heaven. As it says in the Torah, God has made days for each person. Yomim Yetzir. Hashem has established how long each person has to be in this world. As it says in the Torah, the days of our years are 70 years. So there is a set amount of time how much each person has to be in this world. But... This amount of time is only for the marriage of the godly soul and the animal soul. The godly soul does not have any time. The godly soul doesn't need to be fixed, doesn't need to be rectified. The reason the godly soul descends to this world is in order to rectify the animal soul. The godly soul doesn't have a blemish. So the purpose of the amount of time that a person is given is in order to connect to the animal soul. Hashem's wisdom has ordained that you're able to elevate from your animal soul this amount of energy, this amount of divine sparks that have fallen into it. 
because of the uh, the process of the divine flow leaving the God's chariot and descending through the shattering of the vessels and many other parts of the journey until it becomes the animal soul, there are godly energies in the animal soul. Your neshama is sent here to elevate the animal soul and elevate the divine um, sparks in the animal soul. How much time are you meant to stay in this world? Depends, that depends on how much God's wisdom has ordained that you're able to elevate from your animal soul. So, so there is a, a, a therefore a, a uh, great obligation to pray every day because the purpose of your praying every day, the purpose of your soul descending, descending into your body from the great heights into a deep pit is in order to elevate your animal soul. That's why you're here. You're, able, you're here to, to channel and to transform your animal soul. So how can we classify this as a voluntary war? Clearly this is not a voluntary war, this is an obligation. So why is, how does the explanation of the Alter Rebbe, who says that this verse is referring to the war of davening, how does that fit with Rashi's explanation who says this is referring to a voluntary war? Because davening is not just an a, a obligation, it is an obligation that is um, in sync with the very purpose of why Hashem sent the soul to, to marry the animal soul, to be with the animal soul. Unlike Adam and Eve, who had to deal with a snake on the outside, and they had, to fight, they had to resist the snake, God gives each of us a animal soul that we're married with, that our animal soul and our godly soul interact, that the thoughts and feelings of our animal soul and our godly soul connect to each other. There's a certain amazing thing about Avram Avinu. Rebbe Hashab says like this, Yerchaim says about Avram Avinu that Avinu was three years old and he recognized Hashem. So the words he recognized Hashem means he knew Hashem before. So the Rebbe Hashem says, what does that mean? Is every soul when it is in heaven, it knows that there's Hashem is alone. There's nothing besides it. Every soul further knows that the creation, the world, can only come from the essence of Hashem. That's what the soul knows in heaven. So when it says that Avram Avinu recognized him, you knew him before, right? It doesn't say Avram Avinu knew Hashem. It doesn't mean Avram Avinu discovered Hashem. It says Avram Avinu recognized Hashem. He recognized Hashem from the way his soul knew Hashem before, the, before he was in this world. And so to Hashem sends our soul into an animal soul, into a body, into a world of concealment. And Hashem wants us to recognize. So when the soul discovers Hashem's truth, that the world could only be created by the essence of Hashem, and Hashem is alone, nothing besides Him, that when a soul discovers that in this world, we're, not we're recognizing a truth that we knew before. And the reason Hashem marries our soul to an animal soul is because we're supposed to bring this truth to our animal soul as well and to transform our animal soul to also pursue Hashem, to also love Hashem. That's the goal of the marriage. So if that's the goal, and that's so important, it's paramount, how can we call this a voluntary war when this is not just something which is, would seem to be voluntary, this is something which seems to be critical. So the other parts of the description of the Alter Rebbe and the war um, fit with a, a simple war. When you go out to war, you should know you're above your enemy, you should know you're going to win. When you go out to war, you should know the divine source of your enemy, the divine source of your animal soul is, is um, in, in the God's chariot. You should know that you're going to win because of knowing the origin of your enemy, knowing where it comes from, and therefore there is, victory is assured because the divine source of the animal soul is good. That, that fits with the simple meaning of, of, of war. When you go out to war, you have to know you're going to win the war. You have to know when you go out to war, the divine source of your enemy, how it also comes from God, in the eyes of God, 
it's insignificant. The question though is, how does this simple meaning of war, in this verse referring to a voluntary war, fit with the spiritual meaning of this verse that we're talking about, the war of Davin, which isn't voluntary. It's not, it's not just a obligation, it is the most important obligation of why Hashem sent the soul to the world for a certain amount of days and years in order to transform that, that, that amount with every prayer, that amount of, of divine energy of the animal soul. We continue, Mr. Hashem, tomorrow. Have a great day.